It's always weird when you just have to say the same things again. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I've forgotten everything you've said. <laughs> Hey there, and welcome to the All Our Teams podcast, the uninformed and yet equally opinionated gander into the sporting world, as always. My name is Alistair Kirk, and once again, I am joined by only one of my fantastic co-hosts, annual leave galore in the All Our Teams offices. He is the Wendy's representative for Southwest Ontario. It's Jeremy Curo. Hello, sir. How are we doing? Uh, we're going to miss Jack today, but we're hoping he can make a cameo appearance maybe later in the show. Uh, however, if not, we'll have him back next week. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, it might be good if he arrives because me and you don't know how to work technology. No, that so this is true. Is going well, but ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you know how to work technology, and you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get all your daily um, sports news, politics. I don't know. I'm guessing we're number one, 77 in Brazil, but number one in your hearts. But ladies and gentlemen, we hope you know how to work technology and you are listening to us on Spotify, Apple Pods, or wherever you get your podcast feed. Remember, five stars on Apple Podcasts and Mr. Jeremy Curo will buy you a free pint in Canada. Um, Jeremy, we're on Instagram at all our teams. We're also on Twitter. Any updates? No. Good, good. Let's move swiftly on. This week, we will go through uh, just how bad our teams are, and good God, some are terrible. I have an announcement. Spoiler alert, it's not that great. Uh, We take a look at the things in sport that caught our eye over the past week or so. Uh, Myself and Jeremy then ask, what's this? As we uh, stumble through some of sport's most difficult topics. Uh, Neil Lennon remains the twat of the week. What a twat. Some of our favourite top threes. But Mr. Jeremy Curo, you're in Canada. I am in Scotland. Do we start with our Canadian North American teams, or do we, uh, or do we start with Team Britain? Uh, why don't you go ahead and start today? Fantastic. Well, and on all our teams first, and quite frankly, I'm stunned that this was the first time it ever happened. Uh, two of my beloved sports teams managed to successfully lose on the same day at the exact same time. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur with a 3-0 loss to Manchester City as Scotland threw away a 17-8 half-time lead to lose 25-24 to Wales in the Guinness Six Nations. Uh, last weekend was not good uh, in the Alistair Kirk sporting world. Um, a large pizza and uh, a movie to cheer me up. Uh, and, and I proceeded not to watch sport for the whole of Sunday in protest against <laughs> the debacle that is my team's. Uh, it's gone terrible. Tottenham are just woeful. Uh, 4-1 win midweek against Wolfsburg, but they're eighth in Austria. I mean, what's that all about? Um, before losing 2-1 to West Ham United, a team that spend most of their time uh, with their fan base running onto the pitch to remonstrate with players and uh, to try and get into like you know the where the chairman sits to complain about how bad their team is uh, and uh, they beat us two one so that is absolutely brilliant. About four three four weeks ago we were being touted as potential champions of England and uh, we're nowhere even close to the top four now. So thank you Spurs for continuing to just drive me mad. So that is brilliant. As for Scotland, yeah, we were up half time. We got a red card in the second half, but we just threw it away. Um, we do what Scotland and, and Scottish-based rugby teams do best is we can't convert. We we get into the 22, we get 
five meters out and we just phase after phase after phase and then we uh, we knock the ball on which is lovely or we forget to catch it or we just give the other team the ball or we don't know how to ruck so that is superb and Edinburgh uh, did exactly that last night your your beloved monsters Jeremy <laughs> uh, losing 22 10 uh, so we're fifth in conference B out of six teams uh, we've got something like 19 points I think Ulster and Munster are in the 50s so as you can probably tell from the tone of my voice it's well I feel like you Jeremy I feel like you with the New York Jets I'm starting to think oh. I know how you feel um, it's not good it's not good at all but um, in, in other news um, and maybe this is just a reaction to just how bad the sports teams are I, I've decided that I am well Arizona 2021 it, the dream is dead <laughs> it's, it's dead Jeremy yeah um, not just because the teams are terrible and because you know the earth is heating up and Arizona will probably not exist in in, in 50 years but mainly just because I've decided I'm not going to support a North American team instead I'm going to be a man of the people I will support your team the listeners team um, and I thought we could try something new uh, each week, yourself and Jack, when he when he is able to be here, mm-hmm. um, you can pick a league, and I will do a random sports generator, find the team, and then the next week I'll just update you on how that team's doing. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, if you're not uh, passionate as you'd like to be on those teams in Arizona, then we might as well try a new approach, and and maybe you'll find a team to latch onto this way too. Absolutely, and I was thinking as well, our wonderful listeners, if you have a team, if you, if it's your team in North America and you would like us to speak about them more, well, I will be your representative for a week. Um, you know, there'll be slight uh, sort of uh, exemptions for one, Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't know, what, what's the, who are they? I don't even know where Columbus <laughs> is, so they're not included. Uh, but apart from them, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I will, I will absolutely do that. So, Later on in this episode, Jeremy, I'll get you to pick the lead. Sure. I'll do a little generator, and then uh, yeah, a bit of excitement for the listener and for us. And I'll, you know, I'll, I won't just do results. I'll maybe try and give you a fun fact about the team, or a silly fact, or you know, being that I normally prepare for this podcast eight minutes before we start, I imagine I'll probably be doing it Likely. while you or Jack are talking. But it will be all good. So one uh, one thing I should state: the West Virginia Mountaineers—they're not going anywhere, my boys are staying where they are. That jersey, I've got the socks, I've got it merched <laughs> up. I am fully involved with the, the WVU Mountaineers for their, uh, the football season coming up next year. So, Jeremy, um, as I, you know, the exciting news for the listener, um, why don't you tell us, um, well, how on earth did the Toronto Maple Leafs throw away a 5-2 lead? Oh, that's, you know, that sort of thing's happened. But they came back with a big win over Montreal last night. So these things have a tendency to even out. Uh, we might as well start with them right now, who are, are pretty much my only good team at the moment. Uh, not only are they good, they're actually the best team in the NHL right now with a record of 14-3, and three, um, yes. which uh, seems pretty amazing given uh, a lot of their frustrating history. But um, their two best players, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, are number three and four in the league in points, um, points in hockey being both goals and assists, and Matthews leads the league with 18 goals. Um, as a team, they've scored the most goals in the league with 72, tied with the Oilers, and the next closest is, is 10 behind. But the most important thing with the Leafs is that I may have tracked down a local dealer of jerseys, and I might get that Simmons jersey after all. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Things are... Now, is this, is it, are, we, are we talking black market, Jeremy? Oh, I couldn't possibly comment on that. Okay. But, uh, you know, if it comes through, then, then we'll have a story to share. 
other teams, there's Fantastic. New York Jets. There's nothing going on. There won't be anything going on until free agency starts in mid-March and, and the draft approaches. So uh, we're just going to kind of push them to the side for now. Uh, the Raptors underperforming all year. They're 15 and 15. There's the rumors of a possible trade for Andre Drummond, I think, from Cleveland is who he's on now. I don't know. He went from yep. Detroit to Cleveland, who are the two teams I pay least yeah. attention to in the league. <laughs> yeah. So he's on one of them. The, the Columbus of the Exactly. Uh, at least Columbus has Ohio State University. Ah. So there you go. And uh, Fun fact. Actually, I heard a fun fact about them the other day, but we're going to leave it until maybe one day you talk about them. Uh, okay. Yeah, but I don't see a point of this Drummond trade. He's a center. He's fine. He's a good, okay scorer. He's a good rebounder. Can't shoot free throws. Um, and they're not going to win the championship even with him this year. They'd have to yeah. give up young assets, draft picks. He's a free agent at the end of the year. It really just doesn't make sense to me. Our buddy Brandon was here the other day playing some uh, PS5 version of NBA, and he told me he thinks the Raptors are going to be buyers at the deadline. Uh, I couldn't disagree more, but we'll see which one of us is right. Uh, as for the Toronto Blue Jays, well, at the point where I made my notes, I thought Jack might still appear, so I've just put let Jack take point on that, and then uh, I was just going to kind of swim in his wake, but as he's not here, I guess we'll leave the Blue Jays off the schedule this week. That's all right. Uh, playing in Tampa for most of this year again, am I right in saying? Yeah, somewhere in Florida. I'm not sure if it's Tampa. You might be right, um, but they are playing there. So Florida's just sort of seeming like Toronto South at this point. Yeah, it does seem that Toronto will only play in cities that start with a T. I, I'm quite passionate about that. That's uh, good, good, good work by them. Uh, and yes, please update us on your potential possible confirming nor denying black market mm-hmm. purchase of a Simmons jersey. And uh, well, we'll maybe talk some more jerseys later on. Ah. Uh, also a big fan, uh, Jeremy of um, Shaq on Inside the NBA when uh, was it Ernie turned to him and said something like, um, are you talking about, you know, what do you think of Pascal? And he says, I don't care. I'm here for Seattle. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, completely failing to realize that the NBA player is in, far, in fact called Pascal Siakam. So good good going Shaq. And uh, we, we like to always talk sort of behind the scenes, our love of Shaq and uh, Chuck uh, from inside the NBA and just how sort of colossally hilarious they are, whether they mean to or not. And I was actually listening to uh, Charles Barkley on the uh Bill Simmons mm-hmm. podcast. I don't know if yeah, you listened yeah, to that me one too. through the week, and I just I just enjoyed how my how, how often Bill Simmons had to sort of um, correct uh, Charles Barkley on his own NBA yeah, career, exactly. which was just brilliant. <laughs> I noticed that too. It's like I I think it was I, I actually think it was eighty six, yeah. and Charles was like, well, I, I I don't know. It's like well, you were there. You it was your career is very old, but anyway, as I s- just start to get into the legend that is Charles Barkley, uh, why don't we just look at things and talk about things that we saw in sports with Mr. Jeremy Curo. What did you see in the past week? Okay. Uh, I'm sort of all over the place this week, but uh, my friend Hume, who, even though he's a Patriots fan, we'll give him a break. He sent me the list. Sorry, so his friend of the show, Danny. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Danny's Patriots from the Fantasy League. Uh, Oh, okay. It's all coming together. Um, He sent me a list of the possible new team names for the the Edmonton team and CFL. Uh, They've been called the Eskimos for whatever, uh, however long, I mean, and they've decided to change the team name. So just like horrible, horrible choices. I've never really understood. (laughs) Like you got everyone who works for the team, the whole town sending suggestions, and you can't come up with something good. So uh, apparently they're down to seven names. So he sent them to me. 
or, or you know what, it might only be six, but there's the Edmonton Evergolds. And if you're wondering what an Evergold okay. is, it's, it's apparently both a mining company and a Japanese plant. So <laughs> uh, the elements, well, which element is it, right? Because that's just like calling them yeah. the animals. You know, you have to be a little bit more specific. Yeah. Uh, the Eclipse, yeah, which is kind of cool. Okay. Uh, Mitsubishi Eclipse, okay. probably my favorite car when I was about uh, 13 years old. So that's a leading contender now. Uh, the Eagles, well, it's a normal name, but there's already a team in a better league called the Eagles. So yep. probably best yep. to move on. Uh, the Elk, yep. not to be confused with the Elk Hounds, which is also one. Uh, I had to look that up. It's apparently a, a Norwegian dog, but not a lot of football being played in Norway. So uh, Elk Hounds is at least kind of a funny name. So I'm personally hoping they go with that, but who knows? I guess they want to keep the same logo, which is sort of, you know, the Green Bay Packers have their G. It sort of looks like that, but an E. Yeah. Um, not realizing, you know, the city is Edmonton, so the E could still just stand for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll just call themselves the Edmonton Edmontons. Yeah. Um, is, this, uh, is this name changed due to the term Eskimos? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, right. Um, Pro- I, my guess I, is they're not a big support in Edmonton of the name change. And sorry, in Alberta yeah. in general, it's sort of a, a much more conservative province. All right. Um, yeah, it's uh, a lot of oil. Yeah, that's the one thing yeah. I know about Alberta. So shout out from me to our nice our, our Alberta. Do we listeners. have Alberta listeners? Uh, yeah, all right. my my buddy Kenny and possibly my friend Josh. I don't know. Hey, well, hi to both of them. Yeah. Uh, my good friend Callum and Kathy. They both live. Oh, there. nice. I have no idea if they listen. If they do, hi, 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 both. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's let's zoom soon. Um, yeah, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Fun fact about them: I've actually just started a Madden twenty career, uh, and I'm decided I'm gonna I'm gonna take the, the Eagles to uh, the Super Bowl. And that's uh, I don't know why I picked the Eagles; just nothing better to sure. do. And also, uh, your your name change just remind me of, of course, when Seattle were trying to come up with a name for uh, the Seahawks and one of the top running, um, uh, one of the leading uh, sort of. Um, Names was the Seattle running Sam, which just seems <laughs> utterly ridiculous. Yeah, so weird. Fair play to them. Um, well, please keep us um, posted on what Edmonton chooses for their name. Um, yeah, I, if I'd known they were doing this, I might have sent in some of my own mm-hmm. uh, suggest, suggestions. So I've, I'm disappointed I've missed on that. Uh, Jeremy, let's take this over to the world of motorsport. Uh, it was the Daytona 500 last weekend. Now, we took last weekend off because I wanted to watch the Daytona 500. And in classic, all our teams um, standard in this, uh, it rained. And NASCAR doesn't race in the rain. And it got delayed for six hours. <laughs> so I had to go to bed. So I didn't see any of it. Uh, I thought about 14 laps. And then it rained. And that was the end of that. So that was pretty par for the course for this podcast uh, it, it in fact finished at midnight uh, florida time that's how late the race ended up uh, running however it was won by uh, michael mcdowell of front row motorsports who beat odds of 100 to 1 to win not only his first daytona 500 but his first ever nascar race it was his 358th start in the NASCAR, uh, top tier of NASCAR, and he won the race, um, taking the lead in the final lap after Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski of my beloved Team Penske uh, crashed um, with one quarter to go. They crashed into each other. So uh, 
It's a awkward team meeting on the Monday, I imagine. It, just a fantastic uh, moment for NASCAR, a fantastic moment for Michael McDowell. Now, he, previous to this, was most famous in 2008 for having just one of the worst crashes ever seen in NASCAR. It was qualifying, single uh, car qualifying, um, and one of the front springs went, and his car at 185 miles an hour turned right. Now, this is a sport famous for going left. So his car turned right, he went straight into the barrier. And his car went from 185 miles an hour to zero in one foot. That's how quickly the car stopped. It caught fire. It barrel rolled about eight, nine, ten times. Um, And amazingly, he walked out of the car only seven years after uh, Dale Sr. lost his life in a very similar crash. He walked out and and really, other than a bruised ankle, he had had nothing really to show for the accident. Uh, but this was back in 2008. It was only his second start in, in the top tier of NASCAR at the time. And he's kind of been famous for it ever since. You know, he's actually a really sort of prolific road racer. He does very well in the road races when NASCAR do that. He came from an open wheel background, but I, I believe through fina- financially, he ended up in stock cars. And um, yeah, it's just brilliant for him. He's a very likable guy. Front row motorsports are a proper small market team. This podcast, we love the underdog i mean we support them they're always terrible so it was brilliant for for michael mcdowell to to win that race um other news was michael jordan and his brand new team finished 17th bubble wallace was involved in a wreck right at the end of the race um so he ended up dropping down the field but finishing 17th uh, but yeah nice to see michael jordan and bubble wallace and their brand new team uh, in there and uh, nascar will be well, I've got some more NASCAR for you later on, Jeremy. Nice. Well, I actually have a few points on NASCAR, which might surprise you. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I first saw the winner, and I I thought for a second it was uh, English screen legend Malcolm McDowell had won the race. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I imagine many did. Yeah. yeah. A, little, a little career change exactly. in, his, in his twilight years. Yeah, a bit of retirement. Money. And you probably know the guy's name. I've forgotten it. But I saw one of the ra- uh, the, the drivers, sorry, went through McDonald's drive through during the... Uh, during the rain delay, picked up food for the whole team. Yeah, yeah, a few of them did. Uh, Chase Briscoe mm-hmm. was one of them. He drove. I, I can't remember if he went to if he went to uh, McDonald's or not, but he went out and got takeaway food. Uh, another driver did the same. He went out and got just like Chinese food, I think, for the team during the rain delay, and it was brilliant and I loved it. But I also thought not massively COVID. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I thought I, would, I thought they were in a bubble, perhaps potentially, but uh, needs must. No, I'm, I'm glad they went out and got. And got some macas during the uh, during the rain delay, which went on for about six hours. So to be fair, I did on the same. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, one thing I saw just before we started actually is uh, the Saints running back Alvin Kamara apparently interested yes, in getting sir. into NASCAR too. So that's a pretty that makes absolutely. for a pretty big well, crossover I'm, amongst our favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this was going to be one of one of my points oh. here, Jeremy. So yeah, um, he he is. He's going to be sponsoring uh, JD Motorsports uh, rookie driver Ryan Vargas, who went on to Twitter and basically said, hey, I need sponsorship for this this weekend um, as we record. So by the time you listen to this, the weekend just passed. And yeah, Alvin Kamara came out, his uh, juice bar chain, the big squeezy. <laughs> it's going to be on the side of the, the number six uh, JD Motorsport Chevrolet. And that is absolutely fantastic. But Kamara himself has come out and just said that for the black community, NASCAR is more on their radar and it's all down to Bubba Wallace and what he's done in standing up for 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 civil rights within 
in, in general society, but also just saying, look, NASCAR, it's 2021, it's time to change. And look, I think there is definitely an argument, we've said it on this podcast before, should we really be applauding NASCAR as an organization for only deciding to ban the Confederate flag in 2021? But we should also remember the state of Mississippi only just removed mm-hmm. it from their state flag. So maybe NASCAR shouldn't just be called out for it. And actually, I think NASCAR should be... Um, sort of applauded for what they've done they've you know pitbull has is his now a part owner of a team as we <laughs> said uh, a couple of weeks ago you know mike yeah he's a he's a part owner of a team michael jordan uh, has his team now and um you know and now alvin Kamara, who himself uh, has said that he's he's is a big nascar fan but just felt that he couldn't really be part of nascar because you know he wasn't from the mm-hmm. right demographic and i think nascar are making all the right moves so it's brilliant to see alvin kamara sponsoring a car and, and especially for a driver who really needs the money he needs the sponsorship you know this is a guy who will be running on a very tight budget jd motorsports are a proper small market team they're actually in the second tier of nascar so it's kind of like your triple a if you want to use a baseball yeah. uh, version of it it kind of gives the young up-and-coming drivers a chance to try and show their their might for the top tiers so it's brilliant that he's done that i did also enjoy that alvin kamara sent out a tweet uh, complaining about the standard of Southwest Airlines, which I believe is a low-cost airline in the US. And uh, somebody replied to that tweet asking why he was flying coach, which is economy class to those of us in Europe. And he replied with, because the flight was $100. And I thought, (laughs) well, fair play. I mean, you can't really dispute that. So even if you are a mega rich um, NFL running back, if it's a cheap flight, it's going to get you from A to B. That's right. Cool. Well, sorry to uh, bring that one up a little ahead of time, but it is still uh, cool news no matter what. Uh, next up for me, San Diego Padres uh, star player Fernando Tatis signed a 14-year, $340 million contract. That's obviously Madness. completely insane as a number. But what's interesting is when you look at it, that averages $24.2 million a year. And that would be 47th among NBA salaries putting him right behind Buddy Heald and LaMarcus Aldridge. And when you compare his <laughs> skill in baseball to those two in uh, in basketball, yeah. it's it's almost as absurd as, you know, Connor McDavid only getting what he gets compared to NBA stars. So NBA salaries just, just completely exploding to the point where that looks like, well, not pennies, but certainly not uh, absolutely outrageous either. But uh, we like him on the show here, so we're happy for that. Um, regardless of, of where that would put him amongst NBA players. There's also, um, I was reading on uh, Market Watch, which is a, a sort of a financial website, and they were saying that he, he, he will actually need to pay some of this new contract to a company uh, by the name of Big League Advance, who are a firm that help fund and they invest in young athletes. So he was playing oh. single-A baseball, and he signed a contract with them. And they basically said, we will give you an influx of cash, but whatever you earn in future contracts, we get a percentage. Um, now, this website predicted it could be sort of 8% mm-hmm. of his contract. So it's just megabucks. Seriously. You know, an incredible deal by this company. So again, though, you know, uh, he'll be earning X amount per year, but then he will be paying a large chunk of it to uh, to a company that invested in him in his early days uh, when he was a teenager. Um, but I mean, I would... To, prior to completely uh, throwing in the towel with Arizona, you know, I watched a number of Diamondbacks games, um, uh, the, the the highlights from from the 2020 season, and he was brilliant. They, you know, they were playing the Padres a lot, and he is just every single time he he stepped up, uh, you know, he was on plate, he would just hit that ball, and it was it just always seemed to be a home run. And um, was it Tatis Junior who also hit like the grand slam and caused a complete furor? That's right, was yeah. That the, 
yeah, oh, well, we do yeah, love yeah. him. <laughs> just absolutely two fingers up to the league. And let's be honest, uh, two fingers up to baseball is always fun. That's true. So, um, other baseball news, Mr. Jeremy Curo, and I believe you will be bitterly, bitterly saddened by this, as will our listener, but uh, quarterback legend and resident man of God, uh, Tim Tebow, has officially hung up the cleats or the bats or the the, the glove. I don't know what you would say in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's officially retired from the sport. Uh, he's been on the books with the New York Mets uh, for a number of years. Uh, but he said enough's enough. Um, you know, he's not going to make it uh, to the Mets. I think he was technically a designated hitter, but was never used. Um, but he's but that's it. He's, he's, he's done. But what I really enjoyed was some of the teams that he played, the sort of lower league teams for, for, um, for the Mets. Uh, some cracking names. I just thought I would read them out for you and the listener, Jeremy. So he played for the Scottsdale Scorpions, the Columbia Fireflies, <laughs> The St. Lucie Mets, obviously just direct relation there. Uh, The Syracuse Mets, but my favourite, and I may update the listener on this team next week because they are sure to become a pod favourite. The Binghamton Rumble Ponies. No way. (laughs) Yes, the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Uh, That's unbelievable. Uh, And Tim Tebow on their books. I don't know where Binghamton is, and I also don't know what a Rumble Pony is, Mm -hmm. but uh, I will investigate, and I'll get back to you next week. Yeah, I think it's in sort of a... Upstate New Yorkish area. I think I drove past it on my way to New York City a few years ago, uh, but uh, there's okay. also a chance I'm and totally wrong. Any update on what a Rumble pony? No, is? absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Uh, Rumble in the Bronx, Bronx, though. Classic Jackie Chan movie. You ever see that? <laughs> <laughs> Took place in, in, in the Bronx, obviously, which is in New York. Filmed in Vancouver. You yep. can see the Rocky Mountains in the background. <laughs> Oh, I love that. My friend of the show, Dennis, uh, he was telling me at work when life was normal and we actually were in the office together. He was telling me that, and you probably know this because you're a massive film buff, Jeremy, but one of the um, Supermans uh, with Christopher Reeves, uh, it was filmed in Milton Keynes, which is a fairly uninspiring town in England. So it was meant to be, you know, well, I'm guessing New York. Mm-hmm. Or what, what's the what's the city? Uh, Gotham Metropolis. City or whatever he's from. No, that's Bat- Batman. What's it? Metropolis. Jesus, yes. Yeah, so yeah. Rubbish with this stuff. But yeah, so it was meant to be Metropolis, but it was filmed in Milton Keynes. So it was like, you know, a British multi-story car park in the background <laughs> of like Superman. You know, like it just looked, it didn't look American. It, it looked terrible. And uh, I've been to Milton Keynes. No offense. It's not the best place I've ever been. Uh, but I did get a great burger there. So Oh, nice. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, okay. You got anything else? Uh, no, oh, sorry. Yes, I'm, I'm rambling on about <laughs> Superman. Um, do you have any more sports to talk about? Sorry, is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, I got a few. I can. I can do one. <laughs> Just a few. A few quick, quick things. Uh, I always bring up Jimmy Butler on the show when I can. Uh, Miami Heat's Jimmy Love Butler. The and uh, he just passed Dwayne Wade on their uh, their Miami Heat list of um, all time triple doubles. And uh, fantastic. The, uh, the he was on Inside the NBA or, or whatever show, and they were asking him how we how we felt about passing Dwayne Wade and stuff, and he just said, "quote I'm tired of being compared to Dwayne Wade, man. Screw Dwayne Wade." And who was the interviewer questioning him? Well, Dwayne Wade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he started working for Inside. Yeah, the NBA. exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> did he know? Yeah, yeah, they, he did. They were all. Yeah. It seemed like a, a laugh actually, but yeah, every time we bring up Jimmy Butler, I seem to like him. Uh, Oh, a little more. Yeah. 
well, ever since that uh, Twitter video of him asking that kid who was like making juices for him or something, like how much he getting paid, and he's like, nothing, yeah. <laughs> getting nothing, just calling out this eight year old kid. So yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I have to say, Dwayne Wade, I'm really enjoying like him as an NBA analyst. Mm-hmm. I actually think he comes across really well, speaks really speaks really highly of the game, and uh, I he you know they had a great sort of discussion between him and Shaquille O'Neal on um, uh, Jamal Murray, I believe it was because Sha- Shaq had. Shaq seems to be going through a phase of just calling players. Yeah, it's out very strange for Shaq. It's very strange, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think there is maybe sort of some people out there are sort of overblowing it. And I do think that he has a right to call out players. He is an analyst. It's what he's paid to do. But he seems to be like on a mission just to mm-hmm. sort of get his name in the news, which is pretty odd. As somebody who's also in the news is uh, Mr. Gareth Bale. As we know, he came back to my beloved Tottenham Hotspur on a year loan. He gets paid £600,000 a year, uh, 300000 of it being subsidised by his parent club, Real Madrid. Well, his agent was uh, being interviewed by the Financial Times here in the UK, and he basically came out and said that he's close to the end of his career. And that is that for Gareth Bale. We spoke in this podcast and asked, will this be... You know, will this be the kick that he needs? Will we see the bail of old? Well, not really, no. He started two Premier League games uh, coming off the bench in a further eight. He's only scored once in the league. That was in a 2-1 win against Brighton back in November. He has started all seven Europa League games. Um, and he did score a wonderful goal on the Thursday night against Wolfsburg, and it was like watching the Gareth Bale of old. And in the 3-0 loss to Man City, he also had a little run at the end of the game that... You know, it was Gareth Bale. It was what endeared us all to him, made him one of the best footballers to ever come out of of Britain and and the number one player to ever come out of Wales and why Real Madrid signed him. Um, But other than that, he really just is a player who I think is probably not interested anymore. You know, he's won four Champions Leagues. Um, You know, he's won a couple of La Ligas with Real Madrid. He's one of the most decorated footballers out of the UK in, in in terms of everybody knows who he is and he does have four Champions League. I mean, that's pretty a pretty incredible record. But I do think his career will end with an, an air of disappointment, an air of what if. It just kind of seemed that he got into his late 20s. He made the money. He obviously fell out with Zidane, uh, you know, uh, Zinedine Zidane, manager of Real Madrid, and his career seems to have just sort of crumbled. And he seems, you know, he as his agent says he's got money for life he doesn't mm-hmm. need to do this anymore he loves golf and you know he just wants to go and, and do that now and quite frankly godspeed gareth because you know if i was getting paid six hundred thousand pounds a year i'd probably give up too to be honest Seriously. so uh, yeah uh, sorry 600 pounds six hundred thousand pounds a week i should say not even a year um Oh, even yeah. in, in the next decade. I mean, I don't know. Fucking, you name it, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jeremy, do you, would you say there's anyone sort of that stands out to you from from North American sports who maybe was an incredible talent who just you just feel like their career? We don't look back at it with the decoration that we possibly could have. Yeah, like guys just sort of getting complacent or or lazy late in their career yeah almost like james harden for example yeah yeah well certainly physically he looked that way but all of a sudden you know he gets traded and he looks 30 pounds lighter so whatever miracle cure he's on i'd like to find out about too uh (laughs) when i think of like careers like that i always i think we brought him up here before but uh former nba player gilbert arenas who was a who was a star for a while until he just couldn't get his what like i don't know his his past uh 
out of his system where he was bringing guns to yeah. locker rooms and and, <laughs> yeah. and threatening teammates over gambling debts and bring a gun on a plane so uh <laughs> that's a guy came to mind whose whose career you know was over long before it should have been yeah is he is he not a, a pundit now is he not doing i don't know for, i'm not sure actually punditry. no i'm not He'd sure be a weird guy to have on oh. your on your uh your your well, especially if you Especially if you brought a That's gun. That's what I mean. Yeah, show. yeah, live just, on the air. Yeah, yeah, just Shaq says the wrong thing to him all of a sudden. There's <laughs> <laughs> Desert Eagle in next to his head, you know. Yeah, they asked they asked Charles Barkley, who does he play for? Yeah, he couldn't name a team, and he just loses his shit. No. Yeah, no, I could believe that. But he was a strange guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see what happens with Gareth Bale, but it uh, it doesn't look great, and it's definitely not going well at Spurs, and I can't see him going back to Real Madrid and doing much there anymore. Oh, question on... be completely out of favor. You said he won four yeah. Champions Leagues. I know at least a few of those were yeah. with Real Madrid. Were, were all of them with them, or was one with a different team? Yes. Okay, so they won four no, all, Champions all Leagues? with Real Madrid. Yeah, Holy shit. Yeah, uh, Real Madrid will have won a lot. Yeah, if you want to um, if you want to chat about more sport, I'll, I'll get you some stats. Let's do that. Sure. Well, let me go on. Here's a couple quick things here. Uh, we, we didn't actually talk about the Super Bowl, and this is our first podcast since then. And my only note oh, on the yeah, Super Bowl, actually, happened. is about the streaker. So I don't know what, <laughs> at what point. We saw him briefly. They sort of <laughs> cut away from him. But I saw Gronkowski after the game said, he actually scored. The Chiefs didn't. He scored. They should definitely sign him. So Gronkowski being proactive <laughs> yeah. for uh, getting the Chiefs some points on the board next year. Uh it was really weird how how little their offense did that game, but I think that pretty much all came oh, down to the worst offensive line performance, you know, maybe since my high school team. Yeah, I, I was going to say though, you know, I mean, I I'm not as passionate about the NFL as, as yourself and and Jack and and a lot of our listeners, but even I could tell that offensive line were mm-hmm. woeful. I mean, it was unbelievable. If you, if I was brand new to NFL and you told me that Patrick Mahomes had the had the potential to be one of the future greatest quarterbacks of all time, I thought you were. I would, you know, I would accuse you of just flat out lying. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do anything. He looked shell shocked. Clearly, that you know, turf toe. You know, still don't know what that is, but he's <laughs> going to have to get an operation on yeah. it. And by all accounts, um, you know, it was affecting him. But that offensive line couldn't. St- as you said, I mean, they couldn't stop no, me and you, no, Jeremy, it, it, let alone, you know, the Bucks. I mean... It was it was the first time I've ever seen that, where it honestly looked like a joke. You know, it, it looked like you took CFL talent, put them across one line, put <laughs> the best players in the NFL across, and snapped the ball. They would just blast through every single play. And, uh, you know, they, they, they have a lot of good players on the defensive line, and they didn't even need to blitz. They just blitz full four, were able to drop everyone else into coverage, totally throw the Chiefs off, so... It was a great game plan and great performance by the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, even LeVar Ball of the London Monarchs would have done something. Exactly. I don't even know what position he played. <laughs> um, talking Super Bowl, yeah, I can't believe we haven't even brought it up yet. I literally sh- shouted it's Super Bowl Sunday on the last podcast. True. It's been, um, obviously, we took a week off, so it's been a couple of weeks since the, the game itself. A couple of questions from me. You know, Tom Brady, um, let's, I think the jury no longer needs to be out uh, mm-hmm. or whatever the thing is he is he, he's incredible an incredible talent what he does should he have got though the mvp or really should it have gone to a member of the defense or just the defense in general because um they were they were incredible yeah there wasn't really one guy the, on the, the defense, defense that, yeah yes absolutely no not one guy who stood out <laughs> enough to 
be like this guy was a difference maker. Let's give it to him. So, and I think Brady still threw either three or four touchdowns. So you, you got to give it to him. Even though the Chiefs didn't look great, it's still the Super Bowl. They're still a good team, and Brady was still amazing against them. So as much as it pains me to say it, yeah, I think he he was yeah. he was due for the MVP award. No, absolutely. Um, shout out to friend of the show, Danny, uh, New England Patriots fan, Danny, who um, joined myself and Jack for a halftime Zoom chat. I was incredibly excited to see both of them, so much so that at 2.30 in the morning, I made so much noise, I woke my wife up, <laughs> and uh, which uh, didn't go down very well. But it was uh, not a very good Super Bowl, but I did enjoy um, the halftime catch up with Jack and Danny. Well, in relation to watching sports, uh, Jeremy... The English Premier League have announced that every single game played between now and the return of fans to stadiums will be shown live on UK television. Now, they will be on Sky, BT and Amazon Prime, which are all behind a paywall, but also the odd game here and there on the BBC, which is our free-to-air channel. Uh, There is uh, so much football on right now, and I say that as a passionate sports fan. It's hard to keep up. It feels like every four days Tottenham Hotspur are playing right now, and now every single game in the Premier League will be televised. Um, I got rid of the sports channels because they were charging me three billion pounds a year. Um, But it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. It's interesting that they're going to do that, though. They tried pay-per-view. It was completely lambasted, Mm -hmm. um, charging fans £14.99 on top of already paying a sports subscription and probably already paying for a season ticket to a team that you weren't going to see. That got removed, but now every single game will be shown uh, on UK television um, between now and fans returning to stadiums. Very curious how it works in North America. Obviously, you're going to have your prime time, let's take the NBA, your prime time TNT games, etc. Obviously, in Canada, it'll be different broadcasters. But are within reason, like, is every single Toronto Raptors game televised, even if it's on a pay-per-view channel yeah. like, or a, a subscription channel, I should say? Yeah, every game for the Raptors is on either TSN or Sportsnet, our two uh, sports channels here, yeah. Because it's fascinating because in the UK, they, we have a 3 p.m. blackout. So uh, football games in Scotland and England that kick off at 3 p.m. cannot be televised. Oh, what? Um, and yeah, and this was brought in to ensure that fans would go to the mm-hmm. games. Three o'clock is your classic kickoff time for for games here, for soccer games here in the UK. Um, and yeah, so we have a blackout. So no 3 p.m. Oh, kickoff can be televised. So all the games, but of, of course now with TV deals and TV money, more and more games are being televised. So what you find now is your team kicks off at 12.30 or they kick off at half yeah. five, or they kick off at half seven. And a lot of the time, the, the fixture list will come out, and as, particularly with teams like Tottenham Hotspur, who are um, not very good, as I have said <laughs> on this podcast, but still get a lot of TV time, is last-minute changes to schedules. So a game that was meant to kick off at Saturday at three will now kick off at Saturday at half twelve, or it'll be okay. on the Friday night, or it'll be on the Monday night, which is all well and good. But for fans, if you've made plans, if you've you know looked at the schedule and you are trying to get your team around uh, family life and suddenly it gets changed so it can be fired on TV. It's not particularly helpful. Mm-hmm. So a lot of calls for the 3 p.m. Blockout, uh, blackout sorry, to be to be removed. Uh, but uh, whether it does uh, will be for another day and another podcast. Uh, anything else, Mr. Jeremy Curo, in the world of sport? Yeah, none of them are, uh, you know, even slightly relevant. One of them's from uh, over 10 <laughs> years ago and one of them's from over 100 years yes. ago. But two things I, 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 I saw on, I think, Twitter this week, it, which are not, as I said, have nothing to do with what's going on right now. But a guy called uh, Ray Caldwell, who pitched for the Cleveland Indians in 1919, 
apparently was once struck by lightning in the ninth inning of a game, was, was unconscious <laughs> for five minutes, then came back in and finished the game after being revived. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely incredible. And uh, Kevin Durant, in, in 2009, apparently once tweeted, I remember when I got attacked by a dog walking to the bus stop. I got on the bus and I didn't have no lunch money. I got robbed by a dog. So, <laughs> uh, totally random, but I had a good laugh when I read that and I thought you might enjoy it too. I absolutely love it. In relation to baseball, was there not a pitcher who once um, pitched uh, like a no-hitter or um, what's, the, what's the one oh, where you, yeah. you, you uh, do everything? The no-hitter, I think, is the one you're thinking of on, on LSD. I was on, on LSD. Yeah. I mean, you, genuinely, I think it, you might have told us this <laughs> yeah, on this yeah, podcast, so apologies for repeating no, it. Okay. But I mean, that's just madness. Yeah, that is brilliant. That's right. He's got the bar named after him in Toronto, so <clears> that's on our future, uh, yeah, our future a, list yeah. of places to go. I cannot wait. And there was also the baseball pitcher who unfortunately hit a bird oh, that yeah. was flying yeah. past as he... And then I read somewhere that he actually got, like, charged with an animal cruelty oh. until they realized that, you know, that wasn't going to stand up in court because he didn't actually do it. No, it's like a one in, like, ten billion chance that a, a seagull or a pigeon probably yeah. flew past <laughs> in, like, that tiny little area and just got uh, annihilated by the ball. I can't imagine. Oh, I mean, just, know. like, it's, st- like, yes. Yeah. I mean, what would they call that? Yeah. I mean, was, it a- is that is that a strike? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what they called it. Uh, that would be crazy yeah, if that happened now. It would be everywhere. But uh, back then, you know, the internet was barely a thing. So yeah. uh, that's about no, as much absolutely. as I have for, for small bits of, of sports news this week. Right, fantastic. Well, before we move on to our discussion on things that we don't quite understand in sport, we'll just uh, get a couple of breaking news uh, items out of the way. Um, Ross County, uh, pod favourites for Ross County, are currently beating Celtic. They're about uh, five minutes away from beating Celtic for the second time in three months. Um, Last time was in the League Cup. This time will be in the league. Uh, Ross County were bottom of the table going into this game. So the Celtic implosion continues, and that is hilarious. And uh, to answer your question from earlier, uh, Mr. Jeremy Kuro, Real Madrid have won the Champions League three times. Okay. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Jesus, I really (laughs) am not with it tonight. (laughs) They've won it 13 times. They've won it 13. Oh, right. 13 times. It's easy to miss a one. It's such a thin number. It hides sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Gareth Bale won it four times with Real Madrid, but they only won it three. That's how good he is. Exactly. No, they won it 13 times as I clearly need to go to bed or something. What is wrong with me? But yeah, no, they won it uh, 2014, 2016, 2017, 2018. Oh, they won three years in a row? With yeah, it did. And then yes, didn't sir. the other Madrid team win one of those years too? Uh, yeah, Atletico Madrid, uh, they won it. Uh, did they win it at some point? Oh, God knows at this point. Yeah, I can't maybe find I'm... Yes, they... No, they didn't. Oh. They've lost it three times. Oh, but they so were they the were like you know, Jack's Bills of the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> They'd get there and lose so, over yeah. and over. Yeah. yeah, they are the Buffalo of Spain, as we will now call them. Anyway, as I shambolically make my way through this podcast this evening, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to things that confuse me and Jeremy in sport. Uh, now, I'd like to start with baseball because, Jeremy, I just don't understand the terminology. I don't okay. know what they're ever talking about. So, you know, they'll talk about batting averages, mm-hmm. RBIs, yep. a four a four six one play, yep. um, you know, stuff like that. I, I don't I don't get it. Now, we've discussed <laughs> this podcast before. 
that they play 182 or 152 yeah. or 375 regular games and that doesn't make sense to any of us <laughs> but i but i just don't get it i i now i love cricket i'm a huge cricket fan and therefore i really i'm really enjoying baseball i got into baseball last year i i genuinely do enjoy the sport i just don't know what's going on ever um so i don't know if you could elaborate or if any uh, you know friend of the show could elaborate because yeah, what, what's an sure. RBI? Uh, okay, so that's a run batted in. So say you have a guy on second base and you get a hit and he runs home yeah. and scores, you've got an RBI and he's got a... Okay, a, so let, let's, let's say I'm, 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 I'm batting yeah. and you're on, you're on third yeah. base and I hit, I, I, hit, I hit the ball yeah. and you get home, I get an RBI. Exactly. Awesome, yeah. thank you. So it's how many guys you, you bat in. Uh, a couple okay. quick thoughts on baseball. Uh, one friend of the show Brandon was saying he would come on for a baseball preview podcast uh, before that, that starts Absolutely. which is pretty soon and he knows a lot him and my yes. brother John both know baseball I, I don't know anything so uh, it'd be nice to have to have him on because he's actually uh, a good player too and uh, yeah, okay. I, there was a second point there however I've oh yeah here's what it was <laughs> since you've cut all your <laughs> North American teams and Jack and I both like the yeah. Blue Jays I think you should consider at least for one team, just following them a bit. Maybe it'll be the only team ever that the three of us like. All right. Well, I will do that. Absolutely. I will start following the Blue Jays a little bit more. I'm going to write that in my Tampa Blue Jays. Okay. That is good. There we go. I will do that. Um, now, the other thing about baseball is when they, you know, let's take Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm-hmm. They were saying that his batting average, and then they wrote it in a really odd way that I didn't understand. So it's like, slash 0.374 slash 0.582. What's what? Is that all? No, I'm going to sound really stupid if I don't know, but I'm going to guess. So one's probably just (laughs) his batting average. Um, Okay. One would be his on-base percentage. So I think that takes into, you know, walks. And then one might be his slugging percentage. And uh, I think that's all sorts of stats compiled that, that make that up. And again, I do apologize to people who know baseball because there's a chance none of that is right. So uh, <laughs> these are these are questions we may want we may want to jot down and then ask Brandon when he's on. All right, that's good. Well, I'm just glad that RBI isn't some sort of illness, which I originally mm-hmm. thought it might be. <laughs> Go right, Mr. Kiro. What, uh, what what would you like to know more about in sport? Well, here's my first sport, and it's a five part question. So I'm just gonna get them all out of the way, and then you can tell me what you think. Okay, how do you train <laughs> elephants to play polo? How did someone even think okay. of it? How is it still a thing? Yep. Uh, how long are the sticks yep. that they use, and have the elephants ever trampled <laughs> <Yep>. anyone? <laughs> well, unfortunately, we'll need to get Brandon on for this one too, because I, I mean, I've never, I've never watched elephant polo. I, I don't know. Um, now, I imagine that. I, I mean, the death rate must be quite high. You imagine? I mean. You know, elephants. I actually, I, I went to Thailand and uh, fed an elephant nice. um, some bananas. Um, however, with reflection, I now think that elephant probably didn't want to be there. And I've, I feel a bit guilty about it. So, sorry to the yeah, elephant no, if I, listening to I know what you the mean. podcast. Yeah, um, but they're wonderful creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, massive fan of elephants. Um, yeah, elephant polo, absolutely mental. Uh, I'm just going to Google it live on air. So let's just do that elephant polo. Like, is it a regular, I don't and know what you call a polo stick, but is it like three times as long? Well, what I'm looking at here is what looks like an overweight man on an elephant. Um, <laughs> there's two, there's two, oh, there's two people on the elephant. On one elephant? So somebody on the, f- 
Yet on one elephant, so there's a person sitting on the elephant's head, and then there's a person sitting on a saddle with a large stick. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like kind of like a lacrosse stick, or like a croquet stick, maybe. Um, I mean, this sport should probably be outlawed. This looks terrible, but Scotland are good at it, so maybe we should keep playing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, croquet. You think there's a professional croquet league? I mean, possibly. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know. Possibly. You know, like the sort of Canterbury yeah. churches or something. I guess. Yeah. I used and to play when I was yeah, a kid. Just a bunch of old people. But, uh, well, I mean, you get yeah. professional bulls. You get yeah. professional curling. Yeah. So why not professional croquet? True. I've never played croquet. I'd like to. Don't yeah, those, but. it seems possibly fun. Who, who's to say? Uh, anyway, thanks for your thoughts on that. Uh, well, I mean, they were terrible thoughts. I've wasted your time and the listeners. <laughs> but yeah, no alpha polo. Um, I mean... Yeah, it appears to be two men on an elephant with a large stick. Okay, and I, you know, without any evidence, I imagine the death rates in the in the thousands. Yeah, that would make sense. So, but we'll go with that. Jeremy, um, for myself, I'm going to take it back to US sports um, from the from the uh, wonderful world of elephant polo. Um, I just my my lack of understanding of contracts and the terminologies in contracts. You know, they talk about dead cap space and cap hits and bird rights mm-hmm. in the NBA. And teams, you know, who then sign players just so they don't have to pay a luxury tax. Yep. Because if, you know, you don't sign enough people or, you know, if you don't pay enough money, you have to pay the tax. But if you pay too much money, you have to pay the Mm -hmm. tax. It's very, very, very confusing. And I wish I understood it more because I love the GM side of it. I've said on this podcast before, my favorite bit about NBA 2K20 isn't actually playing the, the damn game. It's the behind the scenes. But I never know what to do with the players because <laughs> every time I try and do something, the, the, the computer says no because I don't have enough room mm-hmm. and stuff like this. Yeah. So I don't know. Can you elaborate? What What's dead cap space? Yeah, I think and uh, the... I don't know if it's a thing in basketball. It probably is. I know in, in football, NFL, uh, yes. if you, you can cut guys because only a percentage of their... Uh, contracts are guaranteed unlike the nba where the entire contracts are guaranteed um so you get their money off the book but i think it's maybe the part that was guaranteed that is uh, still goes against your cap um there's a lot about cap stuff that i don't understand especially in the nfl mm-hmm. and it's confusing in the nba too and, and where you're coming from in the game because salaries have to match up within a certain percentage in order to do a yeah. trade so you can't just trade you know a guy with a 30 million dollar salary for a guy with a $5 million salary to, to create more <laughs> yeah, room, yeah. it's not allowed. I want to save money. Yeah. Why? What, what is this? Well, that's why expiring Capitalism contracts are, are a hot commodity because you can match yeah. salaries, a guy with $15 million, but he's off your books at the end of the year. So that's why you see that yeah. a lot, guys just being thrown in. And that's actually an asset to get a guy with a bad contract as long as it's ending that year. Well, I'm pretty sure this is why Ish Smith has played for every yeah. single team in the NBA like four times because they just pick up his contract to help matters mm-hmm. and then bump him, you know, eight months, you know, pretty eight much weeks later. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of studying for me to do to succeed as the uh, Brooklyn Nets uh, GM, which I've started on NBA Two K Twenty, and will update you in due course. Do you know that the Nets GM is from New Zealand? No way! Yeah. I didn't Sean know that. Marks. That's awesome. Yeah. Pretty cool. Oh, well, I've got a silver fern tattoo to the side of my leg. So Nice. It was meant to be. Well, we might be hearing a little bit more about New Zealand later in the show. Oh, my days. Uh, okay, next for me, NASCAR. Mainly because you, you it. like it, so I'd like to know more because of uh, that. But also, I really just want to see the crowds at races and see what they're like. Yeah. I've, you know, I've been to Walmart here in Owen Sound a few times. 
I have a feeling it's sort of a similar <laughs> similar vibe going on. Maybe less camo, more denim, but uh, a lot yeah. of drinking going on. I think I'd I think that's something I'd like to experience. Yeah, a lot of tailgating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's meant to be an incredible party. Um, you know, you ordered the Daytona 500, and I think a lot of it is less about watching the race and more about just having barbecues and drinking lots and lots of exactly beer. um it appeals to me a lot i actually read an article about a, a british journalist went over to nascar because it obviously was kind of seen as the perennial heartland for trump supporters mm-hmm. and what he said was actually a lot of people there were really unwilling to actually talk about the about politics they didn't they weren't interested they weren't there for politics mm-hmm. they were there to watch nascar and just chug a ton of beers and eat a lot of meat and just generally have a good time. And I thought that was quite fascinating because they weren't saying they weren't Trump fans. They were mm-hmm. just saying, I'm not here to talk about them. I, I'm here for the race. Um, but yeah, I, 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 Daytona 500 is like number one on my bucket list. I need to get over to Daytona and spend the whole sort of three weeks of speed weeks over there just living in an RV, drinking beer, pretending I'm from <laughs> sort of Mississippi. It would be great. You know, I think I've got a Daytona 500 singlet kicking around somewhere. Because I've, I've, I've been to the, I don't know, what do you call it? A stadium? A, a track, I guess? Speed, uh, uh, speedway. Speedway. Yeah. I've, I've been yeah. to it yeah. and had a tour of the inside um, wow, when I was nice. like 18 or 19. It's massive, right? Yeah, it's, it was sweet. Uh, and I yeah. hadn't thought about that until right now. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, that's where brilliant. it was. And uh, I'll see if I can track down one of the shirts for you. Maybe send that out for you for your birthday next year. Oh, what dreams coming true <laughs> right here. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd love to get over because you have the Daytona 24 hours, which is sports cars. So you have, um, you know, uh, NASCAR drivers, IndyCar drivers, um, touring car drivers, you name it. If you race a, a, a you know, not, not normally F1 drivers because they're quite regulated yeah. by their teams about what they can and can't do. But basically, you know, the 24 hours will be, you know, it's uh, upwards of 100 cars, uh, four, four, wow. four drivers per car. And, they, you know, it's 24 hours. Uh, myself and friend of the show, Michael, you know, in our respective houses, we pretty much watched the whole race uh, when it was on in late January. So starts with the 24 hours of Daytona. You've then got the ARCA race at uh, New Smyrna, which is maybe 45 minutes from Daytona. And then you've got all the three uh, tiers of NASCAR. So you've got the trucks, the Xfinity, which is like your AAA, mm-hmm. and then your, uh, your cup race. And, yeah, it's just... It just looks incredible from start to finish. And obviously it's in Florida, so it'd be nice weather mm-hmm. with the occasional rainstorm. And uh, yeah, I don't know, spring break with some cars, something like that. That's pretty cool. I didn't know they did that sort of race there. When you said four drivers and I, I pictured all four of them in the car at once, you know, and maybe when <laughs> yeah, you hit a straightaway. Like the elephant polo. <laughs> exactly. Like the elephant pole. Hit yeah. cruise control, then like some sort of Three Stooges <laughs> style rotation among the seats. <laughs> Maybe that's something we should try and pitch in the future. Yeah, basically, once they once they get off the the road course and they get onto the banked ovals, yeah. they just start handing out like anyone for a sandwich. Yeah, anyone, guys. <laughs> yeah, let's just yeah yeah beverage. Yeah, no, yeah, four 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 to a team. That makes uh, much more hours. sense. Pretty damn awesome. Yeah, no, seriously. Good, yeah. Um, one thing a league I'd like to know more about and, and seriously is the Premier League uh, for for English football. Yes, sir. Um, really all I know about it is from you guys and from watching the TV show Ted Lasso, which is great. Uh, <laughs> I've still not seen oh, it. Oh, you'll love it. It's to. fantastic. Even my parents like it. Yet I couldn't get them yeah, to nice. listen to this. Uh, but <laughs> it's obviously huge, one of the biggest leagues in the world. And I do like it when I watch it. Um, my old roommate in Toronto had the zone, so I was able to watch it there. Not that I did a lot, but the option was there at least. Um, so I should yeah. try to get into it more. So I... 
I understand what you guys are talking about, but, uh, you know, and it's cool to me just how different it works from our sports leagues here. Um, yeah. No draft or anything like that. And uh, the contracts are strange and no trades or anything. So it's fascinating. So um, there's not really a question that goes along with this. Just the fact that I, it's something I need to get, in, get into more. But I think it's, it's very much like why lots of people in the UK or lots of people in Europe you know, are so fascinated by US sports, the North American sports, I should say, sorry, is because it's so different. Mm -hmm. You know, this idea of being traded, this idea of, um, you know, the free agency market and where's he going to sign, you know, like journalists camped outside athletes' Mm -hmm. houses being like, where's he going to go? And, you know, with, when it comes to footballers and soccer, you know, you sign a contract, you're stuck to that contract unless another team turns up with a lot of money mm-hmm. and buys you. And, 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 and that's such a different aspect of it, you know, as a, of course, for yourselves in, in North America, it's this notion that a guy could get sold for £70 million, pounds, you know, yeah, cash. It's, <laughs> it's quite staggering. Yeah. No, so it, it is. And it's, it, 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 you know, there's been a lot of podcasts recently because it's been the anniversary of um of 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 the Bosman ruling and and Bosman was uh, was a Belgian footballer who who basically was was tied to his team and and they wouldn't let him go even though he was now a free agent and uh, you know so it's only been about 20 years since you could basically once your contract expired you could just choose to go to another team and in the past teams could keep a hold of you um and basically sort of hold you hostage but there's lots mm-hmm. of talks about you know just the difference in employment law you know like if you in 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 Edinburgh go and work for a company and you get bored of them you just leave and move to another company yeah. but if in football you turn up and sign a 3 year deal well that's you're kind it. of stumped and then you know um but what you will find is lots of players will just go in a strop for a long time until they become so sort of um disruptive that the team decides it would be better to get rid of them or or another you know you get the likes of Mesut Uzel who just sat on the bench for three years getting paid a lot yeah. of money uh to be the Turkish prime minister's best man <laughs> which was very odd yeah that is odd but it's interesting right because like for me, and I think for you too, we find the goings on behind the scenes maybe just as interesting as the games themselves. Oh, so 100%. in North America, there's a way to get better, right? And if you're not a huge market that's going to attract free agents, you have to bottom out and, and get yourself the top pick, you know, a couple years in a row. Or if you get really lucky, just one year and, and you can turn everything around. But that's not how it works there, right? Being bad, there's no reward to being bad other, other than just being relegated. So I guess in that sense, it makes um, things more competitive by nature. Um, there's no tanking really, but uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to learn the goings-on backstage of, of, of sports in general in, in the UK. The problem is though, you know, th- there's no tanking as such. And it, yes, it should be more competitive, but it means you can buy success. Mm-hmm. You know, you can literally buy success. And we saw that with Manchester City. You know, um, when I was a kid, Manchester City were in League One, as it was then. They were not, you know, they were not um, a Premier League team, let alone um, a Champions League, you know, wannabe Premier League team. And then Premier League champions, Um and that is the problem that you get in in football and soccer in Europe is is teams can just dominate because they're financially rich. Uh, we see it in Scotland with Rangers and Celtic, the old firm. We see it in Spain with Real Madrid and Barcelona. You see it in Germany with Bayern Munich, Italy, Juventus, England, uh, Manchester City. Um, you know, even Liverpool. You know, to win their title, spent a lot of money mm-hmm. in the transfer market. You know, um, I'm not saying Liverpool bought success, not at all. Um, 
but they you know they didn't do it by just giving a guy a packet of crisps to turn up and play for them so yeah you know yes it's competitive it, it should be more competitive by nature but at the same time i live in a country where only two teams have won True. the league for the last 36 37 <laughs> years and that's because the rest of them can't financially compete mm-hmm. So it's still competitive. It's just competitive amongst only the teams right at the top, right? (laughs) So two in Scotland, you know, six or seven in England. Uh, And then the rest are just sort of picking up scraps. But yeah, if you think about if you put that model into some of our leagues here, the NBA specifically, you have the Lakers, Clippers, uh, you know, Mavericks, Warriors, Miami sort of thing at the top every year because that's where everybody would go. And you'd see teams like Cleveland and Detroit undesirable places just being at the bottom year after year after year so there's obviously good and bad to both systems and of course it's it's why there's talk of a european super league so you'd have your top teams from england from spain from italy you'd have psg from france bayern munich and and dortmund from germany instead of playing in their domestic leagues or having the champions league they would play in a Super League Mm. and it would be a more americanized north americanized version of 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 soccer in which there wouldn't be promotion and relegation it's just your top teams playing your top teams interesting and, you know to pu- to purists of the game and and really to people in europe in general that frightens us you know this notion that we could lose our domestic leagues mm. because of the dominance of of these teams and it's because the champions league it's the creme de la creme it brings in the money you know your north american market your asian market your your australasian market within reason they're not going to get out of bed at five in the morning depending on the time difference to watch necessarily a premier league game or a la liga game but they're going to do it for the champions league because you're watching your messi's versus ronaldo's mm-hmm. you're watching your man cities you know playing uh, juventus and those are the the games that, that fans do want to see particularly you know, uh, in the same way that it probably annoys purists of the NFL that games are played in London, that you lose, you know, if you are a mm-hmm. diehard Jacksonville Jaguars fan, it must be really annoying that every year they piss off to England for for, for a couple of weeks to play. Um, and that's the same notion over here. It's that you're, you're going to build a Super League to tap into your Far East market, your North American market, and it will be the fans back home who have been lifelong supporters who will lose out. Um, True. But, but but the money is there. And another fact is is a lot of teams now in Europe have North American owners and they don't like mm-hmm. relegation. They're scared by relegation because, you know, your team gets relegated, you become irrelevant. Your team gets relegated, you lose lots of money. Yeah. You know, you, you can't attract players if you're not at the top of your game. And for a lot of North American owners, they can't fathom this notion that at the click of our fingers, your team could no longer be relevant. I was yeah, listening yeah. to a podcast and they were saying, they were saying that like, you know, there, there's there's football fans from around the world who don't realise that Bournemouth were a surprise, you know, entry into the Premier League. Like it was, you know, they look at Bournemouth being relegated and think, wow, that's crazy that Bournemouth got relegated. It was crazy that Bournemouth played in the Premier League for as long as they did. Mm-hmm. You know, a few years ago they were they were a nothing team, but and then and teams that used to be legends of the game, your Blackburn Rovers, your Nottingham Forests, your Coventry Cities. Nobody's heard of them anymore. And that's what happens. You get relegated and it goes wrong. You never come back from it. So it will be interesting to see what happens. But um, but yeah, as you say, I, I love the... You know, I love transfer. The, 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 I love the off-season almost as much yeah. as I love the physical regular season because I just love the business side of sport. And it's why, like I said earlier, you know, I want to know more about the contracts of sport because I am deeply, deeply fascinated in it. Um, in the world of hockey, Jeremy, mm-hmm. 
I am slightly confused by kind of how it works in the lineups and they have the hockey lines. Um, so you'll have like a captain of the second line and, you know, the fact that the, you know, so your, your, your first line will come off and the second line will come on. I'm probably wording this terribly <laughs> and friends of the show JD and your brother John will be like, what is this man on about? But um, <laughs> I don't understand it. That's the best of my problem. I don't, I don't understand any of it. Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, sounds complicated because no other sport really has anything like it where guys are continuously going in and out of the game, right? Especially when you're used to watching soccer where in the what the 80 something minute you know two or three guys yeah. might change and this it's just fluid throughout the game your shifts i think are anywhere from now i may be again way off hockey's not one of my areas of expertise but usually less than a minute and then you'll rotate out but there's not a captain per line so you have the captain for the team and then you have the two alternate captains with the a's on their chests uh, uh and then the lines i think are just sort of you know you'll have your best guys up front usually um and Less skill, more like grindiness as you work down to the fourth line who don't play that much. But um, so the higher line you're on, the more minutes you'll play. And then just sort of how the game's flowing. Uh, if someone's hot on the third line, you know, they'll be added in a lot more. But um, yeah, I can see how, how watching something like that to, to you or anyone from Europe just be like, what is happening? How are people constantly just coming in and out? Yeah, and I, I I go to the Murrayfield Racers here in Edinburgh a lot uh, myself and, and and my wonderful wife Lynn's and uh, you know we it's funny because you go there and you you're you're trying to get used to the players and just as you sort of take your eye on one guy and you're like right I'm going to follow him for a bit mm-hmm. he he goes to the bench and sits down yeah. and you're like oh well, great well I don't know what's going on here but yeah no I mean I love hockey I love I, I've said on the podcast before I love going to the the Murrayfield Ice Rink here in Edinburgh and watching the Murrayfield Racers it's been a brilliant we've been doing it for the last three years and it's been superb but my my hockey knowledge is still pretty woeful but I am I it's my mission this year to know more about hockey and baseball and uh, watch nice. more games so I'm definitely going to be doing that and especially with the outdoor games that have been going on that's pretty cool mm-hmm. in the NHL down at Lake Tahoe um so looking forward to that um and did you see there was a clip the other day i I, please forgive me i can't remember the team i also can't remember the player but basically uh (laughs) it was a goalie and he he didn't realize that like his team was like it was a draw at the time so he he thought they were going to go for an empty net so he just like starts going to the bench and like the team are just hollering at him like no no like get back get back so he's like halfway to the bench and then just has to turn around and obviously he's kitted out like a sumo wrestler yeah yeah while we always talk about putting sumo wrestlers he's got to shuffle his way all the way back (laughs) to the goals sort of just completely uh having a a mind blank on what the score was but yeah no but uh yes jd and john i will learn more about hockey for this time next year uh jeremy anything else in sports that you're a little confused about um well i i wanted to ask you ask you actually a little bit about scottish rugby and and sort of the system for team building and that and would, would that be similar to soccer uh you know where you sign a guy from a young age and you can buy and, and sell players uh or is it slightly different yeah so it's it's an interesting system and it's quite a fluid one uh so You'll have your academies, so you'll have your SRU academy, so Scottish Rugby Academy, a lot of young guys will get signed into the academy, and then they'll be filtered out either to Edinburgh Rugby or to the Glasgow Warriors. Um, But we also have our club game, which does struggle. So we've got uh, like a premiership and then like a sort of like a national one, a national two idea. And that's for, but that's very much almost to your amateur side. Um, And very rarely 
do players play in those leagues make it to to the big leagues being Edinburgh Glasgow and then ultimately mm-hmm. Scotland so what they uh, brought in uh, two years ago was called the Super Six which is a semi-pro league so it was six teams who get paid uh, an annual salary not not one that you could live on full-time yeah. you'd still need to have a part-time job but with the basis that you would be able to show your skills and have a more of a um, publicized you know the games were being televised on BBC Scotland for example so you know this, this the scouts for the SRU and and the coaches for the SRU could look at you and say hey that's not a bad guy mm-hmm. um, and we'll, we'll pick you up for for Edinburgh or for Glasgow now unfortunately a man in China at bat and the league has not been on for the past year because of covid but there is another issue with scottish rugby and that is residency players and this is a huge uh, controversial um topic in rugby and it's not just scotland it's rugby in general and that is that currently under world rugby um legislation you only have to play three years in a country and you are now eligible to play for them internationally. Oh, really? So, for example, my beloved Duhan van der Merwe mm-hmm. has played for Edinburgh Rugby for three years. He now plays for the Scottish Rugby team. And, as we know, he's leaving to move to the Worcester Warriors in the Gallagher Premiership. So he did a three-year residency, he got a Scottish cap, and now he's leaving Edinburgh to move to a team in England yeah. that are probably going to pay him more than we could afford to play him. Sorry, uh, afford to pay him. Um... But what Scotland does best is we have scouts in New Zealand, in Australia, um, and we try and find players who have lineage with Scotland. A Scottish grandparent is mm-hmm. normally the way it is. There's a lot of Scottish um, diaspora out in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and yeah, they'll try and find someone who is eligible to play for Scotland and they'll say, hey, why don't you come play for Edinburgh? Come play for Glasgow, you know? Uh, different city, a different life, and and we'll pay you some good money, and you might be able to play international rugby because you're not going to play for the All Blacks and you're not going to play for the Wallabies. So that is a controversial thing in rugby, but it's not just it's not just Scotland who do it. You know, uh, Jameson Gibson Park and James Lowe they play for Ireland. They're both Kiwis. Um, you know, you had Hadley Parks uh, with Wales. Uh, you know, he's he's a Kiwi also, and uh, a lot of South Africans end up playing for Northern Hemisphere teams. Um, but yeah, so in Scotland. It's, it's, it's a difficult structure. The, the club game needs a lot of help, and that's what the Super 6 was put in place to do. It's not really been able to get a good run because of COVID. Um, and yeah, um, a lot of guys come up through the academies into Edinburgh and Glasgow, um, but it, it takes quite a long time. Um, and then eventually, if you're really good, like Finn Russell or Stuart Hogg, mm-hmm. you end up moving to, to England cause, or France because that's where the money is. Right. Yeah, the idea of academies is just so foreign, but it, it's also really cool, right? Like scouts here look at guys playing in college there. They're probably looking at guys at a quite a young age to try and get them into an academy. And of course, the thing is as well, I always find with academies is if you have a, you know, let's take football or rugby and you end up going to an academy, if you're 12 years old, you probably think you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is incredible. I'm on the books at Manchester United. I'm on the books at Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea. Uh, or even if you want to look at rugby, you're on the books with like a, a juggernaut team like uh, Exeter Chiefs, you know, down in England. Yeah. You know, but then if you don't make the cut, that must be so difficult to take because you've been handpicked as a child For sure. put into these academy systems to try and fast track you so you can start playing at the age of 18, 19, 20. Yeah. And suddenly they're like, no, you're not good enough. Well, what do you do? Do you go play lower league football or do you just throw in the towel and, and go get a part-time job or a full, sorry, a full-time job in a, in a 
maybe an industry that you weren't prepared to to work in. It's fascinating because would I be right in saying in North America that would you know pretty much out of high school if you're not going to make it because colleges aren't going to look for you or yeah, you like know, if you're not getting there, a, there's not really a way of yeah there's not a way of getting to 19 years old still thinking you're going to make it basically. Yeah, I mean it happens sometimes where guys come out and they're you know I've talked about the star system right so one to to five stars rated as a high school prospect and there have been guys who have been you know no stars or one star have gone to a small junior college or whatever then a bigger school and then made their way to the NBA but it yeah it's very very rare that happens normally it's you know yeah. a guy will be a five star he'll go to Duke Kansas Kentucky for a year and he'll be a top ten pick in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's it's crazy the different systems. But no, it's it's a great question, the one on, on Scottish mm-hmm. rugby. And um, I'm sh- sure a few of our listeners who are big rugby fans may, may have a few more points that they think I've missed on that one there. But uh, oh, just wait till yeah, the hockey and baseball uh, experts get into what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Torn to shreds. Yeah. Well, any complaints, uh, send them to Jack Green at all our teams, uh, Falkirk. Um, Jeremy, I've, I've, I've got nothing. I know I, nothing else. I know everything else that there is to know about sports. So uh, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I'm good. But, you know, talking about rugby made me think uh, a possible future guest for the show. I, I could get my my close friend Cam from England on, who's quite a high level rugby player and um was Ontario Fantastic. Player of the Year and offered uh, a spot with one of the uh, one of the teams in Toronto. So that could be good for some future superb. rugby discussion. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Get the boy on this podcast. That would be superb. I am a huge rugby fan, as we know. Uh, just checking that is rugby union and not rugby league. I th- yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. But yeah. Either way, if it is rugby league, <laughs> we'll pretend. I know what he's talking about. In the yeah, union, no, I'm which... pretty sure it's union because there's two Toronto teams. I think the Wolfpack are league and the, the Arrows, who he had yeah. a connection with, are yeah. union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because the Toronto Arrows, I believe they're major league rugby. So that's pretty yeah, cool. cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Well, we'll hopefully get him on the show. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any questions at sport that you think we could try and answer and pro- probably butcher uh, <laughs> let us know Instagram at all our teams uh, Mr. Jeremy Curo we're going to shortly end this wonderful podcast yep. with our favourite top threes however I'd like you to pick an active North American league and I'm going to do a generator and uh, that will be my North American team for one week okay there's not a lot of active ones right now uh, apart from not. from the NBA and, and NHL and as you know a lot about the NBA already let's go with the NHL all right, this is exciting, ladies and gentlemen. This is up there with the time that myself and Jeremy um, drafted our NBA teams oh. at the same time as podcasting. Um, oh, how's your NBA team doing? I in the suck. I'm, I'm so bad. <laughs> like, our, my friend uh, Christian knows the least of NBA of any of us in it, and he's doing great because he just picked the best player. Whereas, you know, <laughs> me and possibly you, we just took guys we like and we're, we're utter trash. Yeah, well, I mean, it didn't help that several times we didn't realize that it was our mm, turn. True. And therefore, we had three seconds to pick a player, <laughs> um, which is think was why I think I ended up with Bojan Bogdanovic at one point. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, my team. I, I also did an NHL, uh, random NHL league. Oh, um, nice. Um, which is going swimmingly. I'm currently being beaten 10-0. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, really, really glad I signed up to that one. So I'm in a league with randoms around the world who know a lot more about hockey than I am. And nice. I feel like I'm much like the Dynasty League being called out for it. But never mind. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've hit the random NHL generator, and this is controversial. This is controversial because the team I have picked are 
the reigning Stanley Cup champions. It is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, I will update you all. I'm going to write this down because I will forget. Yep. Almost certainly within five minutes of us finishing this podcast. So the Tampa Bay Lightning, I will give you a fun fact and update you on their 2020-21 season next week. Very excited to do that. So Mr. Jeremy Kudo, the time has come. We made it to the end of this podcast. Yeah. Are the, list, are the listeners still here? Almost certainly not, but we are, and that's all that matters. That's right. So let's finish with our favorite top threes. And uh, this week, uh, last week, a few complaints over the standard of the top threes being super and bull. So this week, we've decided to bring it back round, and we're going to do our favorite jerseys from the world of sport uh, over the many years that we have watched. Um, various leagues from yep. across the world. So Mr. Jeremy Curo, what is your top three. Uh, we, we should also mention that this idea was inspired from uh, NAD, resident NHL expert JD sending uh, me a picture of a brand new Calgary Flames jersey. So thanks for that, JD. It's a nice looking jersey. Absolutely. And the Flames and almost made my cut. To my, well, yeah, it's a great jersey. Mm-hmm. I can't deny. Big fan of that jersey. And yes, no, you forwarded this picture of JD on to myself and Jack. And uh, I simply... I I could only reply asking where your jersey was, yeah. and whether this was some form of Alberta bias. So maybe I don't know exactly don't know what the Canadian politics is, but all I'm saying anyway. JD, great jersey. Uh, okay, so two that didn't quite make it: um, the now Las Vegas Raiders classic black and silver, uh, super slick, yeah. nice looking jerseys, and uh, University of Alabama. I was trying to pick a, a second college team and uh just you know just really simple like what is that color maroon or whatever and white it's just a nice good looking jersey um so number three new zealand all blacks yeah classic mm-hmm. i've realized that i just love like a black and silver or a black and white and they're super slick cool logo and they're they're an awesome team um so um that's number three number two uh this one is controversial because we we don't like the program or the school, but it is Penn State because they're yeah. uh, real nice looking blue and white. Hard to beat those. And number one is the uh, special Vice edition of the Miami Heat. There's the, yeah. the the pink and blue as a tribute to uh, the show Miami Vice. So those are my number one. And that is, a, uh, I actually really want to start watching Miami Vice. Um, I've never seen it before, uh, but I love like synth wave music, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, or new retro wave. Um, and I like the sun. Yeah. And I like cars. So there you between go. the three of them. I You'll think be wearing a white blazer me. next week with the sleeves rolled up. Oh, my days. Could you imagine? Oh, wasn't oh, I supposed to dress up as Indiana Jones this week? <laughs> uh, yes, you were. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, Jack not being here yeah. made me hold that off till next week. All right. Well, so, right. So next week you could turn up as Indiana Jones. Yeah. I'll turn up as the lead character in Miami Vice. Perfect. And Jack, I don't know, surprise us, Jack. Exactly. Just surprise us. Um, just make sure you're wearing clothes. Anyway, my top threes. Um, Honourable mentions, my beloved Edinburgh Rugby uh, from 2018 until now for the sole reason that every single jersey we had prior to 2018 looked as if it had been designed by a child. <laughs> so um, they actually employed some professionals in 2018, rebranded the entire club. We got a new logo. We got new jerseys. We actually got legitimate sponsors. It was wonderful. We looked professional. And um, unfortunately, we're now butchering that by being terrible on the field, but never mind. Now, the next honourable mention, it's uh, Scottish League Two side, Queen's Park, one of the oldest soccer teams in the world. 
And Jeremy, I am going to send this. This is a first for the pod. I'm about to WhatsApp you a photo Ooh. of the Queen's Park jersey because it is to behold. This is their away jersey. Okay. And I'd like you to inform the listener who their sponsor is. So I'm just sending this to you now. Exciting. All right. Hopefully, hopefully there's no delays between. It's better Scotland not secretly be a nude or something here. Uh, oh, oh, look at this guy. First of all, uh, Iron Brew, the sponsor. These are nice jerseys. Yes. Look they at look this. Like a, so we've you got look like, like a... somebody's played Tetris on the front of them. Yeah. So I would implore our listeners right now, if you're if you're not driving, fire onto your phone, your lap, your laptop, um, uh, if you're JD, <laughs> and uh, Google Queens Park, not Queens Park Rangers, the English team. Uh, their their tops rubbish, but Queens Park, the Scottish football team, and you will see the wonderful blue and I don't know what is this. It kind of looks like Tetris. Mm-hmm. I think it Tetris. looks like Tetris. Or like Tetris or Skittles, one of the two, but they're sponsored yeah. by Iron Brew. It's a wonderful jersey. But anyway, they didn't make my cut because I've got uh, NBA jerseys from the 1990s, just in general. Mm-hmm. I just love them all, uh, but especially the Utah Jazz. Ah, I knew you were going to say Seattle Supersonics. Yeah, of course, you, you know my love it's of that great. jersey. I actually don't know why I'm not a Jazz fan, but just <laughs> wonderful. Um, those jerseys from the 90s. Uh, the Seattle Supersonics. They were great jerseys. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, when they just had that massive, like literally just the massive hawk. Mm-hmm. On yeah, the those front. were sweet. That was pretty cool. I did like the Raptors as well. I really like the, the Raptors. Purple ones with the, the big 90s. Raptor like, on them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, it was like so so basic. It was like I mean that in a in a positive yeah. way. Um, they were brilliant jerseys. Uh, so no huge fan of the NBA jerseys from the nineties. Uh, second, it's uh, just Inter Milan. From the 90s until now, I just think I've always liked Inter Milan as a team. I think on podcast two or three, we we did some weird segment where we said teams that we mm-hmm. liked but didn't like. And uh, oh, yeah. Inter Milan were, were my team. <laughs> yeah, Are they was, black and uh, blue? Um, it's like a blue and blue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. A blue and black. Yeah. Kind of more blue, but like lines. And they've got yeah, Pirelli lines, on the front. Yeah. They're, they're owned by Pirelli, the tire, t- uh, tire maker. But what I love about it is it's just so, you know it's Inter. Whenever you see that top, you just know it's Inter Milan. And it just reminds me of like Ronaldo, uh, Brazilian fat Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, shout out to our Brazilian <laughs> listeners um, from the 90s. And it was just like such an iconic top. I just love it. Um, so and I'm a big fan. I've got sort of a romantic idea of Italian football. So I'm a big fan of that. But of course, number one, um, and this won't come as a surprise to you, uh, it's the Shockmasters <laughs> for a coat. Um, Don't forget he, the other part. That he wore that he wore when he came careering <laughs> through a wall with a glitter filled mask. How did so I not yes. see that coming this time? Yeah, it's well uh, done by you because football, I did not expect that. Yeah. Well, it was either going to be that, or I don't know the the seat cover of a Ford Bronco or something like that. No, no, it's it's uh, you can't you can't beat the Shockmaster's uh, bedazzled Star Wars helmet and very small vest. <laughs> yeah, no, I said fur coat. It yeah, the like fur vest black. thing. It's, it's like, like a, it's like a it's a fur vest that is clearly. He can't. No, he can't fit. He would fit he, a, a male's four XL, and this thing's a women's medium <laughs> at a max. <laughs> it looks like you know cops wear the like gun holsters around their shoulders, yeah. and yeah, that's what that's, his yeah. whole shirt looks just like that. Yeah, he kind of looks like a caveman mm-hmm. who killed a, a, a sheep, and yes. just, he just needs to take it back to the, to the camp. <laughs> it's very weird, yes. but I mean, it's it was a weird a weird wrestler. <laughs> That's in a true. weird time. So yep. anyway, shout out to the Shockmaster, friend of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, 
you're all our friends also and thank you once again for listening to the all our teams podcast please remember we are on instagram at all our teams we're not on twitter but we are on apple pods cheeky five star review and you'll get a free pint in canada and a high five socially distanced in the united kingdom uh we're also on spotify and we are on your favorite podcast platform if you have any questions ideas for segments any complaints um, probably many complaints please send them to us uh, via social media we'll get back to you in 5-10 to 10 business days but Mr Jeremy Curo, it's been lovely to chat with yourself Mr Jack Green hasn't made a surprise appearance that is a disappointment for everyone involved um, but he will be back next week I am sure but for now it is a thank you and it is a good night yeah see you later nice uh, chat man sorry we missed Jack this week um, but he'll be back soon and uh It'll always be uh, be better with him. But in the meantime, this was a lot of fun. So good work, and thanks, everyone, for listening. And, and honestly, people, take me up on this free pint. Like, literally five <laughs> seconds of work. I owe my brother John one. I owe my friend Abby one. And I don't think anyone else. So uh, what does that say about me as a, a drinking buddy? Uh, certainly nothing good. Well, thank you, John. Thank you, Abby. Everybody else, please, five stars. Let's get those algorithms moving. I have been Alistair Kirk and Swedish Emily... We love you. See ya.